that every girl's looking for, where it's just like, oh, he makes chairs, but he also fixes babies. That doesn't exist. <laughs> he, th that dude doesn't exist, okay? Being a girl and wanting that type of dude is kind of like being a dude and be like, you know, I want a girl who will willingly do butt stuff. <laughs> but I also want a girl who wasn't molested. Doesn't exist. <laughs> Well, hello. Time and I'm alive. The, nobody's gonna know why you had to say that. I guess you can explain it. So we were supposed to record starting about 20 minutes ago, and I gave Badger a text and I said, "Hey, you know, apps are closed. I'm ready whenever." Um, and I didn't hear anything back. And then I texted again, and I was jokingly like badger are you alive because the joke is if we don't hear back from each other pretty quickly we just assume the worst because we are that codependent more time passes and i start to get legitimately worried so i text jordan your partner and uh don't hear back from jordan and then i um decide to call you and it went straight to voicemail and then I texted Jordan again and I said her phone went straight to voicemail I'm starting to get like really worried and then Jordan called you and everything's fine yeah I don't know why it went straight to voicemail that's so strange did you get my text uh, I did now were you um did, were you going through a tunnel I was just working on some cross stitch it's really cute I believe it your cross stitch is amazing it's really coming along. It's uh, one of, um, I benefit quite a bit from you having this hobby, so I'll encourage it forever, but uh, it's great. Yeah. And I like making stuff, but I don't like holding on to stuff, so there we go. Yep. My whole house is going to be covered in cross-stitch before too long. Yes. And soon I shall take up some new hobbies. Um, actually kind of inspired by you, um, and in part by my New York trip, I have purchased some paints and I am starting to dabble back in an activity that I used to do pretty frequently. I think that's great. I saw a picture of a flower that you painted and I thought it looked really nice. Thank you. Um, so how are things now that I know you are alive, we can resume our normal chit chat. Well, I thought you were dead two days ago. Yeah, I um, was driving um, in the morning to do some errands before work, and I didn't reply to you for a while. So that's that's how we do. Well, I, you finally went and got your blood tested. Oh, yeah. And you true. told me what your results were. And I was like, the next day, I was like, oh, my gosh, I jinxed it. She was fine. And I told her to go to the doctor. And now she's dead. My my test results were not death is imminent. My test results were take more vitamins. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. And I got my foot x-rayed. And I have a pretty severe bunion that makes it very difficult to um, do a lot of activity on that foot. And I think because of the, the pain that it causes, I adjust how I walk to compensate for it. So um, my shin... Um, my ankle and my knee, and for a while, my hip as well, were all experiencing quite a bit of pain. My knee is pretty bad right now. So my foot was x-rayed, so I'll hopefully be getting that resolved via surgery soon. Good. Um, this has been like a four years thing that you're, you've been talking about getting surgery for this. Yeah, it's been four years that it's been like so painful that I want intervention. I've had this bunion basically since I was 19. Um, and it's very strange. You don't normally get them just like on one foot for. I, I don't know why I have this. So whatever. Um, we, um, this is our first, first podcast recording since we took this public Public-ish. We yeah. are on Facebook now. It's very half-hearted. I try to post a couple times a week that aren't just posts about episodes. I, I don't 
more our speed. I guess we we can't get too too lengthy there. And everyone's sick of hearing us talk. Well, I have posted some BuzzFeed quizzes about which which Sex in the City guy is going to be your boyfriend. Yeah, I took that. I got Steve. Oh, I got Steve too. You don't even know who Steve is yet. I okay. do not. Okay, this is fun. So you saw the picture of Steve. Yeah. Um, who do you think he's with and what do you think is like a good characteristic to describe him based solely on the picture you've seen? Um, I would go look at it again, but I think the app would crash. What? I, I'd go look at that picture again, but I think the app would crash. I just, I don't really remember what he looks like. He's white. Yeah. He, uh, has brown hair. Yeah. He is a fellow. His glasses. He is, uh, probably straight. They've coded him as a straight, middle-aged uh, man. Since he has glasses, I am guessing that he's he's played off as a bit of a nerd. So, so who, that's that's my guess. That no, but like, who do you think he winds up with? Oh, um, Samantha. Samantha. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, because I feel like if you're asking me like that, like it's gonna be a ooh, wow, what a what an uncharacteristic choice of one of these women, then I would guess that it's Samantha. Cool. I can't wait till we actually meet Steve and you get an idea of um, more about him. So you can't wait until I meet Steve. Yeah. There was a character on Adventure Time that I had not been able to to wait for you to meet but I did and mm-hmm. you met him this week yeah we'll get to that but do you want to go in the order we we normally go in yeah let's do that and I know just... I I got like a little turned around because I for some reason was like we're still talking about that that episode where they put put their hands on a used vibrator and took it away from a grown woman yeah, it's been almost two weeks since we've watched that episode, and it's, like, the most disgusting and weird interaction you could have with a friend. It's so upsetting. It's, like, let the girl do what she wants, for starters, but also, that was just inside her. Like, I'm, I'm like, I don't want to get too squeamish about my friends and their, you know, sex lives, but I kind of draw a line at touching their bodily fluids, you know. Yeah, and and also so rude. I mean, that that was a present that somebody gave her. I feel like they actually bought them themselves. I don't think Miranda bought them for all of them. That's what. That's how. I, I feel like she took them to the the store to be like, "This is the one that I love." And they all made the purchases themselves. You know, um, Carrie had balked at the price. Anyway, that episode is bad. Yeah, but I mean, you wouldn't do that if you gave somebody like a anything. You wouldn't give anybody any kind of gift and then say that they were using it wrong and then take it away. Or- Unless they were actually like hurting people with it. Nobody was getting hurt. <laughs> no. And if it was something that Charlotte spent $90 on, then they had absolutely no right to take that from her. We're going to be upset about that episode for a while. I mean, it was disgusting. Yeah. It's disgusting and bad friendship. Yes. I do want to say before we move forward that I went back and listened. They went into her home. Well, she let them in. She shouldn't have and she could have pretended not to be home yeah i do that whenever anybody knocks on my door (laughs) it's it's gotten me out of a lot of conversations about jesus and amazon deliveries (laughs) um i do want to acknowledge really quickly i went back and i listened to one of our episodes in full it was the episode where you were walking and you met a dog um, I'm so tired and dehydrated. I feel like um, I'm kind of impressed with with 
how it sounded. I feel like you and I do this pretty okay. And I also want to acknowledge that I think I have a list and I didn't know it. I haven't really detected that on you. I heard it in myself and thought, wow, um, S's are a hard sound for me. Um, I also think that ever since I got my braces off late in high school, my teeth have shifted a little bit. So I oftentimes wake up in a start because my teeth hit each other wrong in the middle of the night. Um, so I think that might have been part of it. I think my teeth might have moved a little. That's strange and and. that's also a little upsetting yeah and then I fall back asleep and I have dreams about my teeth like cracking apart in my mouth and like peeling off in layers no like scales (laughs) and then um we were trying to glue them back on at my tooth but the orthodontist crushed it in his hand stop I will (laughs) end this podcast forever what do you think my dream means (laughs) Uh, the, the same thing that we talk about every week when Kingsley knocks something over that you have no control over your own life. I have no control over my own house. I have some control over my own life. That's not what your dreams are telling me. When my dreams are telling me I should probably see an orthodontist. Dreams can tell you many things. Get a night guard. Probably. Probably. Anyway. So, um, Non, you know, self-referential and non- uh, Adventure Time or Sex in the City based. Mm-hmm. I have been watching Deep Space Nine. Excellent show. There are two characters, Julian Bashir and Chief Brian. Mm-hmm. And they're very good friends, but they also torment each other constantly. Uh-huh. And it's very pleasing <laughs> to watch. There's something very special about watching two close people just twist the knife. Do you think that's why people like hanging out with us when we banter? I think so. Yeah. Um, on on an, another level of uh, pop culture experiences, I um, didn't really realize how much stand-up is on Netflix. So I've been watching a lot of that. And I was actually watching um, Donald Glover's special from when he was still in Community. So this when's did Community end? Like 2012 or something? About, um, so this was a while ago and he actually re- referenced uh, Sex in the City and as soon as I heard him talking about it I paused the, 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 the Netflix video grabbed my phone so I could record the joke without even hearing like the full end of the joke so there's a joke on the actual podcast we're doing right now before we start talking that you have not heard and it ends quite offensively and you know what i left it because i feel like yeah let's remember donald glover makes bad jokes sometimes he's not that great (laughs) i i don't feel like donald glover is one of those people that we need to take down a pig i just want him to stay humble (laughs) okay well i guess our podcast has changed his life that way yep it's all down to us he's humble now it's all down to one and a half white women to check a man yeah that's our job definitely police donald glover (sighs) okay do we want to start talking about sex in the city uh i guess we have to this episode is weird yeah what do you what do you mean by that like so let's Really quickly, this is the episode called The Baby Shower. Yes. Go into it. Yes. So they are invited to a baby shower for their friend. And they just had this, like, very long scene where she was at a party and took off most of the top part of her clothing and was writhing around. Before she was pregnant. So this is like an eight-year-ago type of flashback or something. Yeah. So it's that. Um, but it's just it's just a strange scene to have in a show that ostensibly is just aimed towards like white cishet women well maybe the 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 signaling there is like this is a woman who a woman who is sexually liberated that she's like i will get naked in front of my friends at a party it's no big deal i don't think it was coded I thought it was coded as this person has very little self-control. 
And then I feel like it gets recoded at the end of the episode as this woman is seeking like validation. Um, I just switched to my headphones. Can you hear me? Yeah. Oh, good. Because these are my broken headphones. Well, you were very glitchy before, so I think this might actually be better. Good. Um, anyway, so they knew her name's Lainey, and she was basically like the life of the party. So I guess that was like what people wanted out of parties in the early 90s in New York. Um, so she was hard partying, dated a lot of guys, would get naked, and it was like her thing. And um, this baby shower, she's married, like an investment banker, and she lives in the suburbs in Connecticut. And um, all the, the girls go dressed in black, of course, because they're so New York. And they're just like, all of them except for Charlotte are incredibly judgmental of her choice to mm-hmm. get married and have a child. And Charlotte is very, like, typically Charlotte. What do you mean by that? Um, she's, she's into the whole, like, kids and family and uh, some kind of special house they have on the East Coast. And she wants all that. And she thinks that it's just swell. And, and she gets this huge, huge, uh, like a big basket of, of stuff for the baby shower. And um, Samantha decides to go to the baby shower dressed in a top that is very revealing. And she brings a bottle of liquor to Lainey as her present. I thought Samantha was pretty great in this episode, actually. Really? You don't think she was being immature and petty? I thought Samantha was pretty great in this episode, actually. Okay, but describe what you mean by that. (laughs) I think she was being immature and petty, but I liked it. So she um, she and Miranda were like the most, this is disgusting. Babies are the worst. Um, and I feel like Miranda of the two between Samantha and Miranda might be a little bit more about how you'd react to it. Like you'll go, you're not going to be happy about it, but you're not going to like shove it in her face and like talk shit to her directly if she decides to have a baby. Right. And then Carrie, Carrie is, uh, late for her period. And you make it sound like she's late for a meeting. Like her, her period is late. Okay. What? Sorry. Yes. Her period is late. She has a date circled in her calendar and has passed. And it has been a while. Like a week. Which, I mean, if she's pretty regular, that would probably raise some concerns. Yeah. Uh, so she's like her whole internal monologue and she's still breaking the fourth wall in this episode, by the way. So I, when I said the breaking of the fourth wall would end, I didn't necessarily mean Carrie. Because she's the narrator. And then all of the other like people who randomly talk to the camera. That is but that happened in this episode too. I remember it ending at some point And I can't remember when it ends. But I, you know, it's been a, it's been a pr- pretty long time since I've watched this series. It, I believe it ends at some point. I don't remember when. Oh, I look forward to it. So Carrie, um, her period's late. She's, you know... Uh, uncharacteristically like demurred in this situation she's not really saying too much at all especially not about that Um, and she doesn't even tell the rest of the girls that her period is late until they're um, leaving the party and they found a like roadside bar and the reason they left the party is hilarious because um, Lainey she's either going to name the baby Shayla or Todd? Todd. <laughs> Todd. I went to school with a girl named Shayla, but apparently that was Charlotte's name and she made everybody promise not to take that name for their baby and she gets so pissed that they have to leave. Um, and that's when they're at the bar at the end and Charlotte's in the bathroom. Carrie tells everybody that her period's late. Um, and I, I think that this episode has some uh, remarkable shifts in the narrative that are noteworthy. Um, one, none of the guys, either one-off or relationship-wise, shows up at all in the episode. Does it pass the Bechdel test? Oh, definitely. It passes the Bechdel test. Amazing. Yeah. I think some of the episodes have so far, but this one I think is more 
obvious and definite and like consistent it's not just like they had one conversation about shoes no like they think that episode is very consistently talking about like the women's perspective on having children um and not even discussing partners to the for the most part when cynthia nixon becomes the governor all of new york will be as her children hillary clinton endorsed cuomo Mm. 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 hillary Keith Ellis. Oh, wait, no. That's not the one I'm mad at. That's not even his name. I'm mad at Tom Perez. I don't know who you're mad at and why, but most of the time. I'm mad at Tom Perez. Um, so, in this episode, Carrie doesn't know how she feels about the possibility that she may be pregnant. Um, and she won't even take a test until she knows how she feels about it. Which, which is weird. So I'll get personal right now. And I have been thinking about this. I'll be honest right now. I've had a drink tonight. Um, but that's not why I'm having this like honest of a, of a moment. Uh, I've been thinking about it since I watched the episode in a completely sober state. Um, my, when I was in a relationship, um, my birth control was really, really, really bad for me. I think um, it made me, um, I think hyper emotional and it also had some like really weird changes with my body. So like not even like two months on the birth control, I was convinced I was pregnant. And actually this was like a common thing for me throughout my entire stint on this birth control. So I was just like, I was dropping dimes on not dropping dimes. I was dropping Alexander Hamilton's on pregnancy tests. Like once a month I was, I took so many pregnancy tests it was, I would not have waited even a minute if I had the suspicion and I had a test. And the fact that she did, I think is super weird. I think that's just, that's just bananas. I mean, Her? you'd want to know right away. Right. And because then, then like, you're not going to sit on it for a while. You, you've got to make some appointments of some kind, your choice. So she decides instead of taking the test. To sit in a park and watch children playing all day, which, let's be real, that's weird. Yeah, I don't think that's the way you're supposed to decide if you'd like to start a family or not. And then, and I, and I very distinctly, as this episode started, I went, oh, I remember how this ends. She gets her period on the way home. And, yep, she did. So when you thought you were pregnant, you didn't uh, forego doing a test and just go to the park and watch babies? No, no, I, there was some messed up stuff that happened in my, uh, my mind when this was all going down. And I think I actually may have been pregnant at one point um, and had a chemical miscarriage. Anyway, more information than you need to know. This is worse than the teeth. No, the teeth were worse. Yeah, because the teeth are, like, still with me, but I am definitely not pregnant. I mean, your your teeth dreams are worse yeah. than hearing about a chemical miscarriage. Anyway, I had a, I had a positive pregnancy test at one point. There, now you all know. Ugh. Everybody knows so much. Can you imagine if I had a kid? <sighs> Taylor knows so much. Who cares? And Emily. I'm not following Taylor back on Twitter. I don't even know if he's following me. I'm withholding that until he admits we're his favorite podcast. Yeah, I can't believe that he said he liked another podcast and told people they should listen to the other podcast when we're the only podcast that matters. So one thing I do want to bring up um, in this episode that I think is going to be a theme with this show as a whole is that they get through the pregnancy scare without having to really confront the potential of abortion. Like, I think that the dichotomy that is constructed here is either Carrie is not pregnant or she is pregnant and she's going to have a child. And there's no third option, which is if you don't want to be pregnant, you can terminate a pregnancy. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that that also is incredibly unrealistic for uh, colored as very like progressive and liberal women although questionable the the possibility of abortion doesn't even like 
come up conversationally with people like Samantha and Miranda who are adamantly anti motherhood. Mm -hmm. So (sighs) that's unrealistic. Yeah. It's strange that they, that I wouldn't be mentioned. Yeah. And, and this, this episode is very sad and in the way it portrays pregnancy and motherhood not only because the women basically talk shit about this choice except for charlotte and charlotte is painted as this naive like optimist who is totally unrealistic but then um laney decides that she wants to have like she wants to still party um and wants to be cool and wants to still be interesting so she shows up at samantha's i'm not having a baby shower uh which i think is a great reason to have a party so we can have those parties anytime you want. Um, but Lainey shows up and she's like clearly in crisis because she's like freaking out. And then she decides that she wants to try to like get naked in front of everyone again. And she's trying to drink. Yes. Um, and all of these things, you know, not that I think a man needs to rescue anybody, but like he has a husband. And I think I would be calling the husband because it is not my responsibility for my friend's mental state if they have a spouse who is supposed to be kind of like their partner in these sorts of situations yeah i mean maybe she should have gone just straight to the hospital she was not okay Mm -mm. um but i do think that they have a, a a conversation that i think endures which is the idea that women are afraid that motherhood is gonna irrevocably change them and take away a lot of their spark um do you remember, I don't know if you were still at the Amanda Palmer concert or if you had left at that point when she was talking about the decision to become a mother and she was afraid that was going to make her like uninteresting, like suck out her creativity, um, you know, drain her of all of these things that made her unique. Um, and I think that's a legitimate concern because not necessarily that motherhood itself turns you into that person, but all of the things that come along with motherhood that you're forced to do do that to you Mm -hmm. like suddenly you can't you know think about which exotic pair of shoes you're gonna buy for four hundred dollars you have to like make a decision about which car seat to buy and that's inherently a more boring conversation right so do you think it's (laughs) do you think it's possible for women to have children and still be like creative individuals who aren't you know, sucked of their personality by having a child. Well, yeah, I I think that's empirically something that happens. Uh, as I think, I don't want to sound victim blamey, but it seems like women give in to this narrative that once they're a mom, that's their job and their identity, and that's all they do. I think part of that also comes from a disproportionate amount of the work falling upon mothers. Um, nobody asks men how they're going to balance everything when they have a child. Mm -hmm. Um, but men culturally don't give up as much to have a child. They don't sacrifice their physical well-being. They don't have their body changed, um, in ways that will never revert. Yeah. And this actually, this kind of came up when we were watching a deep space nine the other day, Mm. because one of the, one of the people is a trill. And they're a kind of species that some of them live with a symbiote inside of them. And the symbiote is like a little thing that physically merges with their body. Hmm. And the symbiote gets passed down from trill to trill and retains all of the memories of all of the trills that it's, that it's been uh, melded to. Hmm. So trill society would have to be based around the idea that at any point in your very long lifetime you might be pregnant regardless of what your current shape is i think Mm -hmm. that would be a very interesting society to live in so obviously it would have like universal kindergarten (laughs) if if this was a thing that happened to people categorically and not just one biological proportion of people or whatever it would be so different Mm -hmm. 
Um, and like the quote that's been going around uh, today, it, to give people some context, today Ireland has voted on the referendum to um, take out the amendment of their constitution, which bans abortion. Um, the quote that's been going around a lot is that if men could get pregnant, abortion would be a sacrament. Um, and I think that's true. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, just think about the way we restructure society if either biological sex could could become pregnant at any time. Workplaces would be different. Family dynamics would be different. Homes would be different. Everything. Everything. So I think because, and that this isn't just me thinking it, it's centuries of, you know, social science that, that prove it. The excitation of parenthood falls so much more heavily on women that they are forced into um, situations which make them sacrifice a lot. And it's not always just like time and energy. It's like your personality, your passions, your creativity, um, your ways of expressing yourself. Um, And I think that there are women who can resist that. And I think that comes also with, you know, having either a partner who is very willing to share the burden or maybe they are raising their child alone and, you know, just doing it however they want to anyway. But it's, I think, the exception rather than the rule still that women are, I just feel so bad for some women who cannot be themselves after they become moms. Well, I mean, shout out to women that, who are themselves after they've become moms. Uh, my friend Teresa has a couple kids and she's still creative and stylish and fashionable and artsy and, you know, gets new tattoos and is also uh, a mom and very mature and um, a very feminist. Uh, Lydia Yuknovich, mm-hmm. who is a teacher at Mount Hood and has a bunch of books out. Uh, I've read some of, of her books. Yeah, a lot of her stuff, um, well, some of it revolves around uh, the the baby that she lost and the baby that she had. And she's a, a creative force. Um, and then uh, another writer, a friend of mine from my women's strength class, Gloria Harrison, uh, has had three kids, I believe. And she's been on This American Life, and she's been published, and uh, she's kicking ass I love to hear that um but I think when we're talking about this show in particular uh the 1998 woman who is straight marries a man has a kid the norm is that the woman has to become invested in her children more than herself so I I want that to be more of the case in our times and in the future that that's a woman doesn't have to make that choice between being herself and being there for her children. I think there's a balance and I think that there's plenty of examples of the balance being struck, but like the, the women in the show are having this conversation of, I know plenty of women who had children and they're still living vibrant lives and doing exactly what they want. And like three of them ask at the same time, who, because they, they can't point to any examples. So clearly in the narrative of the show, that's not actually possible. Right. So the whole show is a bummer, but I still think it's a pretty, pretty fun idea to have a party because you're not having a baby. Right. Oh, let's let's take a moment and be thankful that we don't have any human children. Yes, I have an IUD inside of me. Blessings. And I, and I don't bang anyone. <laughs> Whatever works for both of us. We are unpregnant. Yep, it's great. Oh yeah, when I got my X-ray, they were like, "Any chance of pregnancy? No." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah, that's good. It's you don't worry about this uterus. Nothing's nothing's coming from it. It matters <laughs> anyway. <laughs> uh, okay. Any other thoughts on the Sex in the City episode? Um, no, not really. It, it actually seemed like kind of a cohesive episode. There wasn't uh, like off, you know, tangent B and C plots. Yeah. 
And Carrie wasn't being weirdly passive aggressive with any men. Because yeah. there weren't any men in this episode. <laughs> it's almost like a, a real TV show. I wonder if there will be more episodes like this and you will start to... Oh, is that that you like what Samantha was doing? Is that the thing that you like from this episode? Yeah. Anything else you like? No. Okay. Let's talk about Adventure Time. Let's. Okay. The first episode we have to talk about is The Duke. Yeah, I think this episode's kind of cute. Talk about it. Uh, well, I I always have to, like, summarize Sex in the City, so I think you should summarize The Duke. I summarize Sex in the City. Will you, will you talk about The Duke? You didn't watch it, did you? I totally watched it. Okay. So it's, it starts with um, Jake and Finn throwing bottles, and one of them is called Catterday. And when it bursts against a wall, all these, like, vapor cats come out of it, which I liked. because <laughs> amazing. Mm-hmm. So, see, I did watch it. Good. Um, are you going to say something? No, just like they, they throw one that's, I don't know, like a skull or something. Mm-hmm. And some weird skeleton floats around for a second and dissipates. Then they throw one, I think it looks like a pickle. And it flies backwards like a boomerang into Princess Bubblegum's window mm-hmm. at the castle. And... Uh, she screams, Duke of Nuts. I think that at that point, the Duke of Nuts is seen bolting from the castle. Finn and Jake get the bubble gum and it's bad. Most of, most of her hair has kind of been, it looks maybe like it got chemically burned off. Mm-hmm. Except for some chunks and she's green and her doctor's making her wear a suit full of some kind of healthy milk. So, um, she thinks the Duke of Nuts did it to her, and she's adamant that whoever did it to her, she's never going to forgive. So Finn wanted to confess and say, no, don't be mad at the Duke of Nuts. We did it. Like, we accept responsibility. But it becomes clear that Princess Bubblegum is going to really hate whoever did it to her. So Finn um, basically lets Jake talk him into letting the Duke of Nuts take the fall. Yeah, Jake's kind of bad. <laughs> but it is kind of refreshing to see Finn take the morally questionable route rather than his, like, absolute, I stand for justice and protecting people and I'm a hero. And he lets himself get persuaded that sometimes the way that might not be quote-unquote right is the way that's best in the situation. And I think that's uh, um, very, you know, human of him and adolescent of him to mm-hmm. be, like, self-interested a little bit here and there. Yeah, and he's not sure if maybe the Duke of Nuts really is a bad guy. So yeah, they he- go to find the Duke of Nuts. <laughs> and there's some innuendo in this episode. <laughs> yeah. So... um they go and they find where the Duke of Nuts lives and he has a wife that he lays with. <laughs> I'm kinda I'm kinda surprised they got away with that. The, yeah, the Duchess of Nuts. Yeah. Well, this is the, a cartoon that uses the word sexy. Yes. A it lot. Does. It does. And that also is surprising. This is not um what do like small kids watch? Um Topic Stuffins. Paw Patrol, which the first time I heard someone talk about Paw Patrol, I thought they said Papa Troll. <laughs> and I was like, what the hell is that? That sounds kind <laughs> of interesting. No, it's like dog pops, I guess. I don't know. Anyway, this is for this is for kids that are like probably eight and up, I would say. Maybe. I don't know. What do what is appropriate for children? I don't know. I'm not a mom. I don't care. Uh, I don't know. My friend's kid watches this and he's five, six. <laughs> anyway, they find uh, the Duke of Nuts. Right. And he seems like a pretty good guy. He's like very kind, apologetic, demure. He loves um, his son, the Marquis of Nuts. Yes. And he admits that he does go into the palace but because he has a pudding addiction that he can't 
help and he can't get his fix. He needs his pudding. Yeah, pudding deficiency. Yes, pudding deficiency. I think we have all got a little bit of a pudding deficiency. You know, I almost got a pudding mix tonight, but then I would have had to buy milk and I would have had more milk than I'd have pudding mix for. And then I don't know what I would have done with the milk. I did want pudding after this episode. Let's go get pudding sometime. Yeah. Yeah. Rice pudding. What's your favorite pudding? Ooh, rice pudding, tapioca pudding, um, like any kind of pie that's got, that's full of pudding. Oh yeah, like a like a chocolate silk pie, like a coconut cream pie, or a lemon meringue, banana even. pie. Yeah, mm-hmm. I um didn't like tapioca growing up because my dad called it fish eyes, but now I do like it, um, and it's good. But I think pistachio is pretty great. Mm. Yeah, pudding is pudding is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Anyway, they um want to. Get the Duke of Nuts. They want it to be known that the Duke of Nuts caused Princess Bubblegum to become quote unquote disfigured, but they want to spin it so it's positive. Oh, wait, let's, um, because there's this like a heartwarming scene where they look over at the Duke and he's throwing his cloak over a puddle so a mama duck and some baby ducks can walk across it. Yes. And then his son hugs the mama duck and baby ducks while he's like looking on and then he brings Finn and Jake flower crowns as an apology for making them wait. <laughs> while he like calmed his son down. He is pure of nature. <laughs> he is a good-hearted duke of nuts. Mhm. Him and his walnut head or whatever. Yeah, however that works. Um Oh, and I also wanted to point out there is a squirrel who is really mad that Jake won't publish his op-eds. How do I not remember this? I watched this and I even had my phone in another room so I would be like paying attention. It's like kind of hard to remember. He's the he's the guy he pops out at the very end. His mouth is all frothy. It's a squirrel. Oh, is he like pink or purple? No, he's like a squirrel colored squirrel. What the hell am I thinking of? Well, you should look at it again because that the squirrel strangely comes back very infrequently, but in some very key parts of episodes. And the first few times I saw the squirrel, like, where is, where does he keep coming from? When does the character get introduced? And it's in this episode. Huh. Okay. I will... I, I almost watched these episodes twice, but I was very like, no, I really paid attention when I was watching. I was, I didn't have, I was there. I was present. Um, but I guess I wasn't. It's been a long week. Every week is a long week. We live in hell. Yeah. Um, okay. But they decide to try to set Princess Bubblegum up to it. Um, in a, in a pinch, but because she's now disfigured, she doesn't get hurt, and the Duke of Nuts is responsible for her being saved. Because if he hadn't made her ugly, she wouldn't have. Um, she would have gotten mugged. Yeah, by Jake. Yeah, dressed as a mugger, and it's very obviously Jake. Mm-hmm. And she's not stupid, so she knows that it's them. Yeah. So kind of a, kind of a weird ending. Yeah, very sudden, sort of a flop. But ultimately, like, we were the ones who threw the bottle. And she's like, it's fine. More or less. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, so I think what we take from this is that Princess Bubblegum is a little... Jake has a hard time reading her when she's like in the moment, like hot on fire about something. Yeah, Princess Bubblegum can be mercurial. So he, I think, I think Jake would have known and and should know that if he had fessed up at the beginning, that she probably would have been like, you know, I'm so mad about this, but obviously I'm not going to cut you out of my life or anything. Do you keep getting Jake the dog and Finn the human mixed up? Probably. I'm so sorry. There's only two of them. You know what? You and I have getting... to remember four different women on this show. 
two of them. I have to watch. Have the same hair color and they are all white. Yes. Very yeah. difficult. Okay. You well, should be able to differentiate a cartoon boy and a cartoon dog. They both have one syllable names. Mm. I'm tired. I'm tired too. Yeah, we're all tired. Everything's terrible. Yeah, we're all tired all the time. Okay. I mean, now that, like, it, it was thinking back to the Marquis of Nuts sobbing because he thinks his papa is going to be taken away. Does that not make us think of ice? Oh, God. Yeah. We heard today, I think it was broken today in the news cycle, that ICE lost 1,500 children. Lost. Those kids Took are probably... them away from their mamas and, and lost them. A lot of them... Did you see this part? A lot of them were released to traffickers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fuck everything. Yeah. Fuck everything. <sighs> They're, anyway, like, this is an future part. generations are going to be like, what did you do uh, when the United States was committing this state violence and genocide? Well, young people, uh, I was talking about it on my podcast about a cartoon and using ResistBot to like lazily pester my representatives every day. I, I don't know how it to do anything more um, without like sacrificing I guess I could do a fuck ton more without sacrificing my livelihood but <sighs> shit things are difficult right I mean there's now. gonna be a detention center we can find and protest it do you remember we when all we... we give to the ACLU and Planned Parenthood when we protested the Westboro Baptist Church yeah that was great so they came to a high school in Portland. Oh my God, this was probably eight years ago or we something. We were so young. I oh just saw these pictures the other day, and we were tiny. So, um, they they were protesting the Gay Straight Alliance at a high school. So we were there as a counter protest, and we also like passed around a coffee can to collect money for their club. And um, I made a sign. Um. A marriage is for fags was the sign I made. And you made a sign that was like, why would God make a sin so cute or something? And it was a sloth. Yeah. Um, we were there at like six or seven in the morning. And we raised like over a hundred bucks for their club. Mm-hmm. And um, that felt like we did something. Yeah. Times were simpler back then. Yeah. The Westboro Baptist Church was like obviously a bad thing and it was an easy thing to get people to you know be like fuck you guys because I think even conservatives are like they protest soldiers funerals so like fuck them Mm -hmm. Um, now there's a lot more um, nuance and so we don't know who to hate (laughs) we know who we know I'm so tired all the time how do I how do I fix it how do I fix the country I mean, midterms are coming. Yeah. Everybody vote. Especially left. Especially if you are in a district that is so close. Just get it, get it fucking over with. And uh, yeah, just do it. Just do it. My district sends um, Republicans to Congress. Um, I hate my district. I hate that every time I go grocery shopping, I see trucks in the parking lot that be like, put her in jail and like uh, uh, Hillary for prison and anti-Obama and pro-guns and everything. Like living in this part of Washington, this close to Portland, it is appalling how fucking backwoods it is. Yeah. Yes, everyone is very terrible. Yep, and my windows are open, so my neighbors probably heard me talking shit. Except for animals. Animals are the best. Mm-hmm. Okay, we have one more episode of Adventure Time to talk about. I'm too sad, but yeah, let's talk about it, because it's the one where you finally meet that character who is, is uh, morally appalling and so, comes back over and over. 
I don't think I was as bothered by him as your buildup led me to think I would would be. He disfigured a bunch of people and made them outcasts. And the lesson was just that he's a jerk. So they meet this guy in the woods and Finn calls him a hobo, which hmm, questionable. Um, but he asks for food and Finn has a sugar cube. Yeah, he specifically asks for sugar. I'm letting Nala in from the catio, so keep talking while I make sure she goes to find her food dish. And Finn thinks maybe he's like a secret elf or something, and if he gives him the sugar, then he's going to get an earthly reward. And instead of that happening, his body is transfigured into a massive foot, like a foot-ankle combination, but Mm -hmm. his torso... His upper body sticks out the middle of mm-hmm. and perpendicular, yeah, and on the the two the middle toes that's where his shorts are. He sells his backpack on, yeah, so he is you know like lumbering and clumsy, keeps falling over, and um Jake tries to prove to him that he can still be a hero. So he slingshots him more or less into a town that's on fire. And Jake's like, I'm going to go save the babies and only the babies. Which I loved. (laughs) (laughs) And Finn is supposed to um, put out the fire by like stamping and stomping on it. And he can't. Um, He just like tips over into it. Mm -hmm. And the the people who live there are like, get the fuck out of our town. (laughs) (laughs) So they, they banish him to to this little cave under a bridge with the other freaks. So these are all of the other people that have been disfigured by the jerk. And they are all different types of body parts, like the waist. And um, what you uh, think is going to be the testicles, but it's actually the tonsils. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That was a joke for grownups that kids would not get. Because you see them. And you go, oh, no, really? (laughs) (laughs) No, um, not really, but probably. Yeah. Um, And um, Finn and Jake try to make things work in the heroism realm, despite their deficiencies. Finn sings a pretty good song. Oh, yes. He has his robot voice back again. Yeah. And then he followed that computer. Yeah, now he's auto-tuned. I should have recorded that. Maybe I'll tack it on to the end. I can't really remember what he says, though. Do you remember what he says? Uh, I don't, but it was fun. Okay, I'll maybe I'll put it at the end. I think I can do that. Um, anyway, they uh, decide to bind everybody together to kind of construct a body out of all of their parts. And then Jake wraps himself around to be the shorts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and they because can... you know your pants hold your body together. Uh, for some people, maybe <laughs> you don't know. Don't judge. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, and the jerk comes back, and then Finn like tries to find a lesson out of this. Like maybe the lesson is I should have helped you without expecting anything in return. And the jerk is like, nope. And uh, he's very uh, acrobatic and eloquent. Magic man? Yeah. What's his, is that what he's called? Yeah. Is he not the jerk or whatever? Yeah, he's called magic man. Okay. He's a jerk, though. I'm not wrong. No, you're right. Okay. Um, <laughs> continue. Yeah, he's quite spry. Um, and then the lesson is just... You finally learned my lesson that I'm a big jerk. <laughs> and sometimes people just behave badly not to teach you anything, but because they're just bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and he returns everybody back to their form. Or they get returned back to their form. Am I mm-hmm. missing a detail here? No, I, I don't think it's that important. So the, um, the other freaks go off together and then Finn's got his body back and so he's learned the lesson that sometimes uh, 
people will ask you for something and regardless of your motivations, they're going to be jerks. So you've been building up this character for a while, um, probably at least four or five episodes. Why do you hate him so much? He, because that, that this is his whole MO, is he has like an unbelievable amount of uh, control over perception and reality. And like straight up magic. And he just. He's such a jerk. Like, they, they get into it. Uh, in a little bit here. Like where he's from. And why he's like that. But. Uh, his, his whole MO is like. Turning people into things. That they do not want to be in the shape of. Like garbage can. And then just leaving. So you've told me he comes back. Mm-hmm. A lot. Really? A lot, yeah. And then he's part of like a very strange plot twist. Uh, that's a long ways away, though. Well, we'll get to it because we're never going to stop. No, I guess not. This is our most consistent thing we've ever done. It really is. Aside from like going to work and like being responsible adults. This is the only thing we actually, like, make a point of doing. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I don't find him as bothersome as you do, I think. Well, you might by the end. Okay, maybe. I don't know. Whatever. But then we're also extremely different people. So you're allowed so to have very different opinions on this show. Cool. We have any other uh, any other thoughts on this episode? No, just like the general thought that like, you and I are just so so different. Yeah. What did you tell me today? That because I take things way too literally and I have to be technically right. That's why I only have one friend. Yeah, because you were like ISTJs think that you can only do one thing one way, and that's the only correct way to do it. And I said. Yeah, and technically correct is the only kind of correct that you want to be, which is why you have a friend. And you told me you didn't even need to see my Myers-Briggs because you just knew that already. I did. Yep. I have more than one friend. I want you to know that. And then you said, I have more than one friend. I want you to know that. Diana said that she wants me to go to the beach with her. And I said, are you going to get to the coast and then correct her? Probably. No, I'm not. I'm not that bad of a person. You're bad and you're and you like it. You're very hurt. <laughs> I am a good person and I try to do good, but I just get upset when you talk like a Victorian ghost. I use words that I like that like English is is the most expansive language that we have. And you get upset when I don't use the the most common truncated words and phrases to describe things. But you said, and this is a Kelly's Contradiction Corner moment, when we were (laughs) out uh, in the last week or so, that during this podcast, you're you're so prim and I... and I just no. say things, and no. you you say things like in the act and mid coitus. Oh, I said I was very like adverse to saying things of like an overtly sexual nature, which I don't think was necessarily a point of pride. I think that's a point of me being a prude. But I said when I listened back I, that I was impressed with um, my vocabulary. And then you were like, oh, really? You're going to say that after I get corrected, after I say supper, when you would say dinner? And that's not what my criticism was. My criticism was, is like, no, nobody says supper anymore unless they're in Little House on the Prairie. But I do. And that's what we call the evening meal in my house for a long, long time. So you can't okay, tell but- me that I have to call it dinner. I just, fine. You know what? I am going to try really hard not to correct or raise objections to anything you say ever again. Just let people live their lives. 
my God. This is going to be an exercise in willpower. Yeah, I think we almost stopped being friends this morning. (laughs) No, we didn't. No, and we never would. But, you know, like we can, we'll never get a divorce, but we can talk about the separation. What was the that happened the other morning? You said a pun when we were waiting at the bus stop. Yeah, I I got off the max. Uh, which is our our train here in Portland. Everybody who listened to this knows what it is because there are three people who live here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I could have caught the, the next bus to work, but I waited. And then when Kelly got off her bus, I said, I could have gotten on the next bus to work, but I waited. And you said, well, that was your choice. Don't make me feel bad about it. I said, well, you would make me feel bad if I had gotten on that bus and left you. You once got mad because I crossed the street without talking to you. No, I got. I said I would kill you because you made a pun. No, yeah, that's. I'm. I'm getting to that. I'm just. You okay, know, okay. framework. I thought um, you were done. You, you sounded as if you'd finished. No, and, your and you were like, "Well, I'm a lot better now, and you need to reward people when they're they're good and use positive reinforcement." And then I made a pun. I forgot what it was. It was really really good though. And you turned to me and said, I'll kill you. And then you said to me. I I think I said, like, your improvement process is just shoots and ladders. Oh, because I'm, like, so good. And then I immediately de-escalate. And then um, you also said, you knew what you were getting into with this marriage. (laughs) You know who you married. (laughs) We're not married. We're not. We act like we are in some regards in that we have some deep-seated resentments towards each other (laughs) and I did once uh call my fiance and you picked up because I had actually called you (laughs) yeah Mm. I'm really glad I don't have a partner to confuse with you because then we would just be like it would be so much more confusing and complicated yeah friction what if I what if I do ever end up dating someone? I guess they'll just have to learn to live with me and I probably won't like them very much. You um need to use your powers to discern if anybody I ever pick out in the future is good enough. I did when somebody set you up and I was the only person who like gauged that guy and said no and everyone else was like give it a chance, give it a chance. No. Yeah, you knew. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, did you know? Yep. I put on makeup that day with the, like, I'll give it a shot because, you know, sure. Oh, <sighs> what a bummer. Yeah. Well, we're, we've gone over the hour. I know. Jordan um, and one of our, our babies came back from the vet while we were doing this, so I need to go and tend to the babies. Do we want to do any quick shout outs before we conclude for the night? We resentfully shouted out to Taylor. Yeah, fuck Taylor. Um, I'll always <laughs> shout out I'll always shout out to, to Lisa and Will. And then um Kate Yeah, and I think I feel like I should shout out to Will because he's my mentor, so I'm responsible for his moral well being. And I think it would be good right. for him to have that positive reinforcement from me. Shout out to I Will. I don't think that's how mentorship works. Mm-hmm. And also he and I are nemeses, or at least he's my, I'm his nemesis. I don't know if he feels the same way. But anyway, hi, Will. Bye, Will. You suck. <laughs> hi, Will. 15%. Whoa, what's that about? It's nothing. Okay. Um, well, thank everybody for, we thank everyone for listening to Sex Time. And remember to catch us on the Twitters at Sex Time Pod. Mm-hmm. And we also are on Facebook as um, Sex Time Podcast, I believe is the page name. And um, you can find us on Apple Podcast and um, I think like everywhere, Pocket Cast. You could pay a subscription to Pocket Cast and then listen to us that way. This is weird. You know, I've looked at the analytics and I think some people were listening through Pocket Cast. Well, where's our money? Yeah. It's tied up. It's tied up in gold. <laughs> Glenn, right. Beck, Glenn Beck has it. Well, I uh, I hope that we do get a 
uh, sponsorship from an internet mattress um, scam so that we can afford some some pod casting equipment so that we don't end our podcast by saying like okay bye Uh, like it's a phone call it feels like a phone call because we're talking on the phone yeah or we're professional yeah so So we should we'll work on sign-offs for next time Thank you so much for listening to Sex Time. We will be back next week with a brand new episode discussing Sex in the City and Adventure Time, just like always. I know that our lovely banter can get old sometimes, but you signed up for this. Yeah, Emily. Yeah. Bye, Emily. We're we're not doing bye. Fine. You say the last thing, and then I'm going to shut off the recording. Okay. Goodbye, Emily. My name is Badger, and I spoke last. Is this really my life? Is this how my story ends? Being in this body seems like a battle that I cannot win. Maybe I should lay my head down slow and sleep until it's all over. Is this the end of the hero boy named Finn? Heck no! Darn it now! This isn't how I go! I'm gonna kill it, I'm gonna kick last butt and win it, to win it. I'm gonna take last name and spin on it and kick it. Life can just go eat it, cause this is a man's game. Get up, Gork! Oh, why? I'm not gonna let you lie here and waste away. You better get up, Gork, or I'll kick you up. Today's the day. Whoa, okay, man. Just be cool. And I'm not gonna be cool, cause I'm piping hot. Get up, Trudy. Get up, Kim. I'm not gonna let you rock. Hey, Finn. Jack, stop telling me to enjoy being a foot and get out of that trash. <laughs> I can't take you seriously when you're singing, man. Get up! <laughs> All of you make me sick I'll fix you with my kicks Gonna reconstruct y'all self-worth Break my emotional brick Wait, Finn Stop it, man We don't like touching each other